Hello and welcome everyone to episode 38 of the VGC Trainers School podcast, where we focus on the competitive side of Pokemon. Whether you are a ladder scholar or newcomer to VGC, we will help you learn. Class is in session. I'm Jake, and I'm joined today by John, and we are very excited to not only get back into the swing of things with DLC and VGC coming at us very quickly, but also just to catch up since it has been a couple weeks since we have recorded. So first and foremost, John, how's it going? How are you doing? I'm doing good. I am just coming back from a uh, weekend visiting another Pokemon fan. I was hanging out with Flygon Man from the server, aka uh, Parenthetical. So it was cool to meet a Pokemon friend in real life and spend some time doing some Pokemon stuff and non-Pokemon stuff. But other than that, I've been taking a little bit of a break from uh, Showdown Ladder. I was doing some cart battles the other day. Um, and I'm really thinking about what I'm going to plan for Peoria because I'm going in less than a month or around a month from now. So I'm looking at a bunch of different kind of team archetypes that I could be working on right now so that when regulation E hits, I can be a little bit more prepared than not. That's so exciting. So because you're gonna be you're gonna be facing off in regulation E in Peoria, right? That is correct. We will cool. be the first regulation E tournament. Ooh, that is that's wild. And what what date is that? How many days are you gonna have like for the ladder to be live, basically? Uh I think it starts October 6th, but that's okay. like the Friday night. So it's like October 7th. Gotcha. So we would have the ladder from October 1st to 5th. And obviously, like Showdown's probably going to have it like sure. as soon as the DLC drops, let's be honest. Right. So we'll have like three weeks, three and a half weeks. That's so, that's so cool. The The first tournament of a new format always is just so much fervor coming into it because you're like, oh my God, what's what are, what are people going to run? How much similarity is there going to be? What's going to be the team that, you know, that one group of people all gathered together and created. So that's, that's so exciting. I'm very, I'm look, definitely looking forward to uh, these three weeks for you and how you put something together. Yeah. I mean, I'm also not necessarily looking to do like a world's run this year. I just want to like play some mons, but also meet some people. So, you know, if I happen to day two, if I happen to day cut, that'll, if I happen to top cut, that'll be nice. But, uh, not really. Yeah. That's, that's not my goal. <laughs> sure. Sure. Well, cool. Well, that's great. Also, you know, getting to see people in, in real life and meet them is just such a very cool way to really bring home the, uh, like the real feel of, of the server and, and get them actually have friends. So that's cool. For me, yeah, I was uh, doing some vacationing as well, taking a little break after going uh, pretty hard on with the podcast stuff for, I guess, like a while now. You know, the majority of, or if not all of, uh, of 2023. So I was down in like Myrtle Beach, you know, doing that and just kind of like relaxing, uh, playing some Baldur's Gate 3 as, you know, getting excited for Starfield. And, but, you know, because I don't have any VGC necessarily on, on the horizon. But definitely excited for the first DLC in Teal Mask that is going to be coming, which is exactly what we're going to be getting into today. So we don't typically do this because we like to keep some of the unconfirmed stuff, you know, off to the side. But we are going to be placing a massive spoiler warning on this episode because the goal of this episode is to provide information to you about the new returning Pokemon that are going to be coming in that we have information for. 
Now, some of the Pokemon that we're going to be talking about have not officially been announced or shown in the trailers, but have been data mined. So we're going to be providing our input on these Pokemon that will be coming back, but just haven't necessarily been officially confirmed yet. So if that's not the type of information that you're looking for, I do apologize because we're going to be sort of mixing them all together. So it's going to be kind of difficult to, you know, I like to think that most people are interested in this kind of stuff. So we'll see. It should be a very exciting show because some of the stuff I'm uh, these returning faces I'm very excited for. But before we get into that, we do have some news to discuss. So with the first one, looking at the international challenges, some dates on those got released. John, please. Yeah. So we know when, where, and how the 2024 international championships will be. So LAIC, so Latin America IC, will be November 17th to 19th in the Expo Center Norte down in Sao Paulo, Brazil. EUIC in Europe will be from April 5th to 7th, so that is next spring, in London. And then NAIC will be June 7th to 9th. That is much earlier than it tends to be in in the season. It is much earlier. June 7th to 9th is NAIC in New Orleans. So we are going to the swamp (laughs) in the middle of summer. It'll be great. But... Unfortunately for our uh, Australia and Indonesian and uh, Oceania fans, the OCIC has been canceled. So there will be no Melbourne or Brisbane or whatever IC that they that they have down in Australia. So it's only three ICs for this next year. So was there any definitive reasoning for the OCIC or was it just the speculation that we had? that they canceled the Oceania International Championships because it wasn't necessarily being played by people of that area. Was that confirmed or just what we were thinking? So the official statement said back in 2017, the Asia and Oceania regions were divided into APAC and Oceania. Back in 2020, you know, the pandemic happened and they've been kind of reassessing whether that region should be a thing. And they reassessed and figured, hey, we're not going to do an IC for Oceania in the future, just because it's quote unquote in the best interest of the circuit. Now, a lot of players figured that OCIC was canceled partly because a lot of players, particularly from the U S would fly in and participate in OCIC. It's a smaller international challenge. So you're more likely to place, you know, place higher and so a lot of U.S. players would do- would populate the competition and maybe crowd out some Australia players. Um, and that's historically so that a lot of the U.S. players would do better than Oceania players and then fewer quote-unquote points would go to Oceania. However, it's also a tournament in Australia. And the thing is, is that they didn't say, hey, we're going to cancel OCIC and give us like multiple new regionals. It had been like two regionals and one IC, and now it's just three regionals. So they just dropped OCIC for one regional, which doesn't feel that great because what the what the Oceania scene needs is just more tournaments, <laughs> right? right? And if you want to promote the local scene, you want to promote you know multiple regionals all across you know the island and all across the region rather than just trade one tournament for a smaller tournament. It's it's kind of silly that the way they wound up doing it, in my opinion. Yeah. It feels 
I don't know. It, it feels like you're trying to punish the rest of the community, but aren't really helping and supporting the the local one, which is, I mean, I get why they're doing it like that, but it's like, that feels like there needs to be another way to go about doing it or a way to like limit it. So the people that are in, that are like from the area get, you know, preferential registration or something like that. I don't know. There has to be a better way to do it as opposed to just canceling it altogether. Yeah. I, I don't, it, yeah, I don't know why, especially because it's, this is also the same season that they got rid of the day two invites. So there's not really that, like the, the, the race that everybody's in for with championship points is really, can you make it? And then can you get a travel award? But like, if you make it and you don't spend that much money going to tournaments, you basically have your travel award. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So unfortunate for, for the members of the OC of the Oceana region, uh, including our one and only, our one and only uh, Jack, who was uh, certainly going to win that with scream tail. Totally. But, uh, maybe, uh, maybe next year they'll bring it back. But yeah, I uh, was curious. The weather in New Orleans on June 6th, 7th, and 8th was uh, high 90s with 80% humidity. (laughs) No. (laughs) No, thank you. So I think that uh, the swamp that you were referencing is uh, the pool of sweat that's going to be right there in the low of your back. Uh, 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 Because that's what's going to be coming for players that decide to go down to Louisiana for a championship. But Bourbon Street's there, so that's fun. <laughs> no one's showing up to day two sober. I'm just yeah, going to say that. The right junior now. division will be like it's going to be the the it's going to be the most hype uh, final because they'll actually be awake. <laughs> and the seniors too; they're underage. <laughs> true, true, true. Okay, so speaking of things to drink, we have a brand new Pokemon that was revealed uh, for the Seal Mask. Poltergeist is a uh, grass and ghost type that looks very similar to Poltegeist. It is a brand new ability called Hospitality, which heals ally Pokemon on switching, which that's really cool. That's, that's a very interesting ability. Uh, another grass ghost type is cool. The The reveal little video that they had for it was also really was really fun, um, even though, you know, the the ending three seconds or whatever is basically just like, yeah, so I just killed a bunch of kids and left because the whole thing is that it like sprinkles this dust onto uh into tea and people drink it and they their life force is removed and then a bunch of kids drink it but yeah i I never liked matcha anyways and i'm not (laughs) i really don't like it now (laughs) yeah never another reason to drink do i not drink it yeah but that's cool so i don't think it's been confirmed if the switch in heal is only a one-time thing i mean it seems like it'd definitely be like a every time it switches in which is very i don't know that seems like it has a lot it could have a lot of play depending on how good the pokemon is uh yeah i think i would think it's a thing that it's basically like regenerator in terms of like it just keeps cycling in and out i don't think it's regenerator in terms of percentage but yeah yeah maybe it's like 10 percent or something like that something like that or like 12.5 yeah 12.5 that makes sense okay well uh another pokemon that is out there to be caught currently what do we got john so if you paid attention to our, a couple of our new segments in the last episodes, you would know that during the month of Se- during the month of September, Mewtwo would be our seven star raid. Well, it's September, 
and Mewtwo's are seven star raid. <laughs> so Terra Psychic Mewtwo is ravaging Paldea right now. And if you want to beat him, he is quite the challenge. He starts the battle not with six calm minds, but with only one calm mind, and he immediately puts his shields up. So here are some highlights. There's a bunch of great things about beating the Mewtwo raid, but there here are some highlights. So first, just like every seven star raid we've had so far, once you catch it, it'll have the mightiest mark and it'll have six best IVs. I don't remember the nature on it. It's probably modest or timid or something like that. But mightiest mark, six best IVs, we got it. Now, if you have a Mew, it doesn't have to be the Mew from the distribution, but it could be the Mew from the distribution they just did and are still doing. So get your Mew is still the code. But if you use a Mew in the raid, that Mew will boost its HP by 50% and all of its stats by 20%. And that effect lasts for the whole battle. I'm pretty sure even after uh, you faint. Cool. And if you beat Mewtwo with a Mew, your Mew will get the mightiest mark. So you get two mightiest marks for the price of one if you go in with Mew. And finally, the raid rewards for the first time you beat Mewtwo are pretty legit. There's a ton of them. You can go to Cerebi.net to see the full list. But here are some highlights. You get three ability patches and three golden bottle caps. That's three ability patches, the things that are pain in the butt to farm. And then after that, after you beat it the first time, it'll have like this set of random rewards that'll show up that are still pretty good, like EXP candies. Um, so Mewtwo is live until the 17th. Mew, your get your Mew code is live until the 17th. So you can hop into our Discord or hop into other Discords to find raid partners. Um, it's really good if you have multiple partners with you. You can train your Mew in a lot of ways to be both a support or an attacker. Um, so yeah, get your Mewtwo while supplies last. So like they've had videos about how to beat the Mewtwo within 24 to 48 hours of it being live. And of course, that's going to get tweaked and whatnot. But I'm curious, do you think that Game Freak is like, oh, God, we we need to make it harder next time? Or because like we need to make one that they're not going to be able to beat or not beat so quickly. Or do you think that they're like excited that the community is able to come together so quickly and defeat it? I mean, I think this one was like, even though we had to figure out like really weird strats to beat it, I think they did a good job yeah. of of this one of like making this one hard and it should be hard, right? It, it's Mewtwo. It's supposed to be hard. Exactly. And so I think, and it's also a really great raid because it basically requires you to team up with other people. There are some solo strats you can use, but they are very RNG dependent. Mm. Like they rely on getting certain NPC teammates to help you out. And if right. you don't, you just gotta like reset until you get them. And so I think this raid kind of exemplifies what they're going for with Terror Rage, which is they want people to be working together to take them, you know, this big lofty goal. And, you know, I've had my own experience of like, oh, no, we almost beat it, but then we did it. And like, let's try it again with a different strategy. So like it's they're doing it's doing the social job, I think, that they intended for it to do. Yeah. Yeah, I think it I think it's very cool. I'm, I'm it makes me just continue to be more uh, more excited for these events. I think it's one of the best introductions to the the game that they've had since it's released and uh it's it's very cool i'm glad they've, they've done it and last but certainly not least we will cherish this distribution is an electric terra mimic you will be distributed in gamestop stores 
throughout the month of October in U.S. and Canada as part of Pokemon's Halloween celebrations. Further details still to come. Maybe there's going to be some international distributions. We're not sure just yet, but certainly stay tuned for those as we get closer to the month of October. I have to imagine it's that's kind of like a like a jack-o'-lantern vibe or something like that they're going for with the electric Terra. But like if it's supposed to be a jack-o'-lantern, it should be fire Terra because yeah. it's like a candle. So it's like it's like in a like a fake jack-o'-lantern. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Oh it's, no! Wait, wait, wait! It's Mimikyu, right? Mm-hmm. And it wants to be Pikachu. Oh, right. So it's kind of like yep. you know, dressing up as Pikachu. Okay, you're right. You're right. Yeah, that on, that on. Wow! It took okay. all five of my brain cells to get that one. <laughs> well, uh, better than my smooth brain over here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool! That is the news for today. So let's roll into the topic at hand again. Big spoiler warning on this because we're going to be talking about um, everything that's been data mined. So that's going to be inclusive of Pokemon that have been shown in trailers and those that have not been. We do not have any plans to talk about the new Pokemon, such as like the um, Okie Doki, Monkey Dory, or Serendip- uh, Serendipity, or... Uh, Ogre Pond. Yeah, Ogre Pond or anything like that, just because you don't have as much information on them. So we're just going to stick with the returning Pokemon. That way you can sort of put start to put those things together. Now, Regulation E has been announced, but it will only run for two months, which is a little interesting and counter to what we had been seeing more recently of running three months. But two months is the length of time that I think both A and B ran. So it's not out of the ordinary. It'll go from October 1st through November 30th and will include a new and returning Pokemon coming in the first DLC. Now, it does leave room for banning some additional Pokemon and allowing some additional Pokemon. We're just not quite sure yet because obviously the DLC hasn't been released. So they'll be providing more updates about the specific official list of Pokemon here in the next few weeks. But with that being said, There are some fun new returning Pokemon that you can utilize. Now, from this list, none of them are really like Tornadus or Urshifu or Ursaluna or Cresselia. Things that just came in and were immediately meta-defining. But I do think that there's some stuff in here that you can certainly add to existing archetypes or utilize to build upon what you currently have because... Some of the returning Pokemon are pretty fun. So the way that we're going to be talking about it is based on the groupings that they all fit into. So we will just go through them one by one. That way you can have a better idea of what they all fit into and how you could potentially be utilizing them. Why do you think it might be helpful to think of Pokemon in, in like groups or like roles versus just like isolated Pokemon? Well... I will say that as someone who's been playing Baldur's Gate 3 recently, I find that thinking about them as the role that they play, such as like offensive support or trick room user or uh, defensive wall or something outside of just like their typing or the moves that they have is very beneficial because it prevents you from getting stuck in the mindset of I need to have you know, no overlapping types, or I need to have good type distribution when 
three ghost Pokemon on a team is very good, you know? And like, if you're, if you're locked into, I got to have a fire, water, grass core or something along those lines, you may be missing it because your team might not necessarily have the trick room counter or abuser or the tail uh, tailwind setter or the support mon that you actually need because you are locking that type away or that Pokemon away because it doesn't fit with what you currently have. Nice. That's what I'd say. Yeah. I mean, um, cool. Great. So the first one is just a group of two and really just one evolutionary line. It is the Clefable and Clefairy line. So similar, but kind of pretty different in what they can do because of their abilities. So we'll talk about Clefairy first because I think that one is going to be more relevant than Clefable. So Clefairy is very popular because of its ability, Friend Guard, which we've obviously seen be very significant with Pokemon like Mousehold. The difference between Mousehold and Clefairy is Mousehold is quite fast at 111 speed, whereas Clefairy is very slow at only 35. It also has some pretty fun status moves, such as um, maybe it's going to get Ally Switch in in this in this meta. Brat. No. Uh, <laughs> Encore, <laughs> Follow Me is the big one. Heal Pulse, Life Do, Moonlight, um, the screens, uh, Safeguard if you're able to go first. Things like that are going to be able to, even after you, which could be very fun to use in as a you know anti-trick room. It is quite bulky in a way. I mean, it has 70 base HP, which isn't, you know, which is higher than maybe you would expect. And then defenses at 48 and special defense at 65. So with an Eviolite, it's able to get relatively high in the, uh, you know, over 100 and 120 range. So there's some good uh, survivability there. So did you use Clefairy? Have you used Clefairy much in your uh, VGC career, John? Yeah, so Clefairy was used back in um, Sword and Shield popularly next to Dragapult. So mm -hmm. you would have Clefairy click Follow Me or Icy Wind or Dazzling Gleam um, or Helping Hand or whatever uh, next to Dragapult. And it, the thing there was is that you have your uh, dragon moves that were also popular from other opposing Dragapults. Mm -hmm. You would have those dragon moves redirected to your Clefairy so you couldn't like actually hit the Dragapult for its own dragon weakness. And what you would do is click Dragon Dance and then click your Dynamax, and then start backs air streaming next to the Clefairy. But because of Friend Guard, if you wound up hitting the Dragapult under Dynamax, you're actually hitting it for 75% damage rather than 100% damage. Mm -hmm. So it's actually a really potent combo specifically because of Dynamax. Now, right now, we don't have a gimmick that doubles our HP. So that whole Friend Guard, like, oh, could I, should I attack you know, the sweeper or should I attack Clefairy to get rid of it? Like that choice isn't actually, doesn't have that much cost anymore um, because Dragapult or whatever sweepers next to it can just die a lot faster. Right. But I still think the fact that Clefairy is pretty slow and can use like, for example, Sing at a very, very low speed, kind of like how Amoongus will use Spore, which basically guarantees the sleep turn for the next turn, mm -hmm. right? Cause you use a very slow Spore. They haven't actually taken their guaranteed sleep turn yet. So they either have to switch out or, you know, waste a turn taking that sleep turn. So Sing Clefairy can accomplish the same thing. 
Yeah, so I think it can it probably can do things that are different from mouse hold, um, but I'm very skeptical because it's because it's taunt bait in a tornadus and thunderous metagame and a Gyarados metagame. I really I really don't think that Clefairy is going to be as potent as it was in a Sword and Shield. Right. Yeah, I, I would I would agree with you. I mean, it does it have some interesting. Like, I could even I could see it using like being used like on Trick Room teams because it does it does get things like you know in addition to just follow me, it gets things like and I'm looking at VGC 2022, so this is like Gen eight, so maybe it gets this stuff, maybe it won't, but things like Gravity or you know Thunder Wave or Dazzling Gleam, just the pop sashes or Life Do. Like, there's some additional support there that. If you're not necessarily clicking follow me, it can help to utilize that 35 base speed to actually give your Pokemon some some good benefit, which could be which could be nice for you. 100%. And I think uh, a lot of that also applies to Clefable. Yes. Right. The evolution. So that so Clefable trades Eviolite for actual bulk stats and actual offensive stats, but it changes friend guard to unaware. Mm hmm. So the key difference between Clefairy and Clefable is that you trade this extra bulk for your partner for a kind of sort of guaranteed option into setup sweepers. So an opponent's Goldango, an opponent's uh, King Gambit, um, anything that's going to click Swords Dancer, Calm Mind, or a Nasty Plot a whole bunch isn't really going to be able to do that in front of Clefable and you know get off all the damage it wants to. And Clefable is really useful in Dynamax formats, specifically because in Dynamax you're boosting your stats, right? Like you're boosting, you can actually boost your physical attack and your special attack. And you also had coaching back then to like boost the physical attack of the partner. But when you hit into Clefairy or uh, Clefable, it's kind of like, <laughs> you're not doing anything. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. Oh, and it was also weakness policy. If you activate your own, if the opponent activates the weakness policy, they go into Clefable, it's not going to do that much. Yeah. I also, the other thing too, I mean, so that is like unaware is probably going to be the best one. Magic guard is also interesting because it's not going to get damaged by poison or burn or life orb chip. So it's sitting at 95 base, 95 special attack, which for a mono fairy, I get it. There are tons of other better fairy options, but at 60 base speed, it's not too bad in trick room. If you want that, that boost there, and utilize it. I think that of the two, though, I think Clefairy is definitely going to see more usage. But Clefable is great in singles. I know that none of us really play that, but it's uh, it's very, very potent in that format for sure. Okay, so that is the redirectors. I have to say, I think Amoongus is still going to reign, reign supreme in 100%. That, that category. And thinking of reigning, let's go on to the weather setters and sweepers and support. So first off... We have a tail of nine, and that is the nine tails from Kanto and the nine tails from Alola. So we'll start off first with the Cantonian nine tails with Drought. So we finally get that second Drought user from Torkoal. This one gives you a lot more speed at base 100. Also base 100 special defense, which I actually think is, is pretty good. Only 81 special attack. But getting drought is pretty 
pretty good for nine tails it gets additional you know your standard special fire attacks like flamethrower heat wave what have you but then it does get some additional coverage in things like hex and foul play which on a fast pokemon is nice it does get score well not scorching sands uh shadow ball energy ball is a big energy one. ball weather weather ball i think it also gets solar beam mm-hmm. yeah so it does get some, and obviously you no know, Torkoal does as well. It also gets things like Hypnosis and Imprison. So it's Confuse Ray could also be kind of fun. It's definitely it's definitely an interesting Pokemon for you know a faster Drought Setter if you want that. If you don't want to have like really any Trick Room option on your team over Torkoal or something like that. Yeah, I think in in past years your uh, nine tails just isn't going to be doing a whole lot as in the Kanto nine tails sphere. Yeah. Uh, just because you typically have like this sun room mode where you have, you can lead like your slow Torkoal plus your fast sun sweeper, but you can also have this trick room mode that really likes Torkoal to sweep with eruption and stuff. Right. And by using nine tails, you inherently do not have that flexibility anymore. Uh, however, now Nine tails can be like this fast, you know, fire sweeper kind of filling in that Chi Yu role that all of our past paradox uh, teams want to run. So if you remember in Regulation B, you would have like Great Tusk, Fluttermane, Roaring Moon, like all on the same team. And then this Torkoal that's just doing a fat lot of nothing. <laughs> Effectively, it's clicking Helping Hand and Yawn and maybe being useful. Whereas Nine Tails, because it's much faster, can actually get attacks off doesn't have eruption, so it doesn't care about its HP, and it has a lot of disruption to it, right? It has Encore, it has Disable, it has Fake Tears, it has Hypnosis, um, it has Foul Play. Like, it just has a whole bunch of ways to screw with the opponent. Mm-hmm. And it also has Howl. So I could definitely see, like, a Roaring Moon Howl Ninetales thing going on, mm-hmm. where you, you know, protect Roaring Moon, your set Tailwind, and you Howl on turn one. And now you have this plus one Roaring Moon with, you know, booster speed or whatever and you're firing off these acrobatics every turn and you're just like what the heck do i do that does sound fun yeah yeah so i think it opens up a lot more opportunities for the for those like automatic sun teams to not have to commit to this trick room mode or not have to have this effectively this like really useless (laughs) uh turtle on their team Mm -hmm. right so i think nine tails canto will get a lot more usage than it has in past years like for itself Right, because we have just a lot more Pokemon that can can utilize it because of the past paradox. You can just put it on a team, and it can help you to really just set up and go, mm-hmm. which I think is which I think is great. Because most often, at least from from my experience, if you wanted a Sunsetter, you were probably going to bring Torkoal because yep. it just it was just the better option object- objectively. I think it still is the better option, but I think that Nine Tails is definitely going to be experimental early mm-hmm. on for people to say like, you know what? I'm, I'm tired of having <laughs> of like of running Torkoal and I want to try something else. Totally. And I think everything we said about the support uh, set for Ninetales Kanto is true. The Ninetales Alola stuff. So like right. your Encore, Disable, uh, how like it, it doesn't get it's not going to get Will-O-Wisp. It's not going to get, you know, some of the fire support moves, but it's going to get most of the other annoying moves. But it trades that, you know, drought setting for hail or snow setting now and it has aurora veil yep it's the fastest well i guess second fastest aurora veil setter now because of uh, iron bundle but at 109 speed so it's one of the it's one of the few 
uh, regional variants that does change its stat distribution mm-hmm. where it's special attack stays at 81 but it loses it loses attack and then dumps it into speed so it's up to 109 which is really cool yeah well and it's also at that speed where because it's 109 base speed right that's right below all the genies mm-hmm. so it's right below thunderous and tornadoes in particular and those guys don't I mean, they commonly do not run max speed. So now Ninetales Alola can come in with a pretty fast spread, come in and spam blizzards in front of those guys, and they can't really do a whole lot about it. Yeah, they're gonna have they're gonna be forced to run weather if they wanna if they wanna stop it. And they because, usually do run weather on right. those teams, but yeah. But I mean, I, I think with 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 Ninetales, you know, Alolan, it just gives you again another option that is a faster setter as opposed to Obama Snow. And so I could maybe see this on like maybe actually becoming the the standard ice Pokemon because it does give you freeze dry, which is very which is very good. It gives mm-hmm. you stab moonblast and and stab dazzling gleam. And I mean 81 special attack certainly isn't great, but if you're going second and you're just all you need to do is just do an additional, you know, 35 to 55% to a Pokemon because you've already chipped down with something faster than Ninetales. I think it's in a really good spot to, to help be on a team and either be that supportive role, like you mentioned with Encore Disable, Aurora Veil, or be an actual like offensive threat and just like spam Blizzard or help set up Aurora Veil for the team. Totally. Like it, we don't have to run Chien Pao on balance teams anymore for like ice type, right? We don't have to run back's caliber anymore for our ice type. We can now use an ice type that gives us a lot more bulk to the team rather than necessarily provides more offense, which I think is going to be a key thing going into Reggie is that we have more op- we have another option for those guys. Yeah. And I mean its defense is 75, which like isn't great, but with the boost in snow, it survives surging strikes actually. Yeah. And I think that's that that, that makes it significant for sure. Yep. All right. Well, those surging strikes are certainly going to be hitting a lot faster in the rain, which is the next Pokemon that we want to talk about. Politoed bringing in Drizzle, another Pokemon that will compete in the weather war. This one not bring the flying typing, which is very nice for Politoed, just the mono water. And honestly, it's just a damn good Pokemon. Like it's a phenomenal shiny, first off. Going oh, from yeah. the, the green and yellow to the purple and or like the pink and blue, which is so good. Yep. 90 HP, 75 defense, 90 special attack, which obviously is going to get boosted in the rain. 100 mm-hmm. special defense, which is great. And then 70 speed, which is certainly good for like that middle of the road. It can be fast or it can be slow, depending on what you want. Has a ton of support options like Encore, Haze, Parish song helping hand i mean you could even run belly drum if you want to like <laughs> hypnosis you could it's no one's it's, running belly drum no be I, know, I know i know <laughs> I, I was more so like surprised that it was on there but it's, it's very good I, I am curious how it's going to be with the calling of scald it does still get muddy water which is nice and hydro pump of course but I'll be curious to see. I mean, it could run Weather Ball if you want. Well, the Weather Ball was a TM on it, and it's not a TM anymore. Oh, okay. So it's probably not getting Weather Ball, which is, I think, one of the many strikes against it over yeah. Pelipper. Like, because, like you said, it doesn't have f- flying, mm-hmm. which on the one hand is really good to not just 
drop dead from Thunderous, but on the other hand is really bad yeah, no because hurricane. rain teams hate Amoongus with a passion. Exactly. And it doesn't get something like Taunt to be able to shut it down or, you know, I mean, I guess it gets Encore, but it's like, yeah, yeah, are you going to Encore that Rage Powder? Like, it's going to click that anyways. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, Politoed is going to be a bit tough to fit on the current rating teams as they stand yeah. because of that Amoongus problem. Like, you'd rather have Pelipper with Wide Guard and Hurricane right. or Tornadus with Rain Dance and Bleak Windstorm and Taunt versus Politoed, who might give you a pair. Like, we just don't have a good way to pull off a, an offensive team that has Parish Song in the back. Right. We have to have like super dedicated parasol modes right now. Yeah. Which, I mean, that certainly could be the case because just having weather on your team that you maybe do take advantage of or maybe don't mm-hmm. is nice. So I could definitely see it be on a team with, you know, um, Gothitelle and uh, Fluttermane or something along those lines just to negate some of the other weathers that could be out there if you like run into a sun team or something like that and still have that parish option and mm-hmm. then run things like i don't know dive or protect or what have you to be able to get around certain attacks yep all right so sticking with the rain team the next one that we have here is ludicolo ludicolo obviously the water grass pineapple duck uh fake out um stab water and grass types is very good being immune to spore is nice based on that amoongus that we just talked about being so pesky for rain teams but not really having a way to hit it it's more just an immunity Um, it has ice beam but like it's not gonna hurt that much yeah but like the one thing that is cool is that it's going it like sort of forces them to think about not tearing into water because you have stab against it exactly so that is cool um it does get other things like i don't know obviously synthesis um yeah uh whatever yeah so it's like i think it's it's usually typically using like with a life orb or an assault vest or something along those lines to be able to just hit hard or be able to live a little bit because having 90 special attack is nice. hundred special defense is really great for that assault vest. So I think that it certainly could come in and do some good work as a swift swimmer. Yep. Totally. And like it helps rain teams counter themselves. Right. So you can use your swift swim giga drain to take out somebody else's Urshifu. Right. right. So it helps you uh, position things super well. Yeah, having that four times resist to surging strikes is really great. Mm-hmm. Okay, next, let's have some fun in the sun with Victory Bell, which is kind of like Venusaur Light. Now, Venusaur, or I'm sorry, Victory Bell is interesting. It has 105 attack and 100 special attack. So it is a mixed um, attacker, but you don't necessarily obviously have to run it that way. Getting Chlorophyll with 70 base speed without a... Uh, uh, speed boosting nature it's able to hit 244 in the sun which is pretty fast so it does get some pretty fun physical attacks such as like uh, solar blade or you know power whip um if you want to run it more special you certainly can as well it's a uh, a very interesting pokemon that doesn't get seen very much but i think it could have some use here in regulation e I think Victory Bell will get some inspiration from our time in BDSP because Venusaur also suffered from a move pool issue in BDSP because it did not get Earth Power and it did not get Weather Ball. But Victory Bell has Sleep Powder. It has 
uh, poison jab, it has solar blade, it has sludge bomb, it has solar beam, like it has energy ball. So it has like both physical and special stabs. It gets sleep powder and weather ball. So it really is our Venusaur light because and the, the light part is only because it has 10 less speed, right? Venusaur is also base 100 special attack. So it's hitting just as hard as Venusaur and it's hit 105 attack is the same attack as Hisui Lilligant. So it's actually hitting as hard as Hisui Lilligant does. Yeah. Um, so it definitely will get some usage to help deal with stuff like Fluttermane, uh, even though I'm f- hoping your the opponent's Fluttermane is not a speed booster Fluttermane because you right. won't be fast enough for that. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I think I think that like plus two, we haven't seen Victory Bell since Gen 7 in like an mm-hmm. official VGC game. So I don't know if it'll necessarily make any like any major noise at a tournament, but I definitely wouldn't be surprised to see it on Victory Road or Limitless here mm-hmm. in the coming weeks. Mm-hmm. And our last sun weather Pokemon is Shiftry, Grass and Dark with Chlorophyll. 10 more speed with 80 for Shiftry, 100 attack, 90 special attack. It gets some pretty cool offensive physical moves such as uh, Leaf Blade, Solar Blade, um, Sucker Punch. It does get some good, it also gets Fake Out, which is fun. So that certainly separates it from some of the other sun abusers such as Lilligant or you know Hisui and Lilligant because this one actually has fake out which can be very nice to help your team set up and it also by in gen 7 gets tailwind as a, as a tutor and we have tailwind as a tm so it will probably get tailwind like uh, Zapdos and Moltres do now so it's competing with Jumpluff who has like the rage powder sleep powder tailwind thing going on so this guy has fake out and tailwind plus like physical uh, grass stabs and it can like do a bunch of damage into Fluttermane, right? So that'll be really cool to see how it works against yeah. Fluttermane, even though it has like that dark weakness and it doesn't actually outspeed uh, all Fluttermanes. It can't outspeed some of them because it hits a uh, 145 speed as it's, as it's max speed and under sun that it hits 290, a bunch of Fluttermanes actually hit like 286 after booster right now mm-hmm. after the proto boost. So it'll be very interesting to see Shiftree's place in the metagame. Also, just looking at Shiftree's move pool, at least from Gen 8, it's pretty insane. I mean, it it can it gets everything from like air slash to heat wave to icy wind to brick break mm-hmm. to you know quick attack, rock slide, X scissor, beat up. I mean, it's 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 all over the place. So I definitely could see it being like, like, don't rule it out. If you're looking for something to do a maybe a very niche role on your team, check out Shift Tree, see if it works for you. All right. Our next t- idea or our next grouping is just general good stuffs. Something it's uh it's Pokemon that are returning that don't necessarily fit into any one category, except for the fact that they are just generally very good, or at least could be. So first one on the list is one of my own personal favorites, Milotic. It is an incredibly bulky mono water type with 95 HP, 79 defense, 100 special attack, 125 special defense, and 81 speed with great abilities in Marvel scale and competitive. So if you want to run it like a physical wall, you can. If you want to run it as like an anti-intimidate Pokemon, you can. It's seen everything from, you know, coil, hypnosis, muddy water recover sets to 
uh, competitive with like ice beam and uh, muddy water. And, you know, it used to run skull, but doesn't anymore. So it's, it's just very bulky. It can really just sit on the field. And because of the fact that it, and with that high special defense, I mean, it can definitely see a place in the meadow with there being a lot of special attackers currently. Totally. And, you know, yeah, with, with Arcanine Hisui being a thing, uh, we're also just mid- missing bulky waters in general. So yeah. it, it, it fills that niche of special bulky water plus anti-Lando, anti-Arcanine stuff. Right. And I think that one of the one of the Pokemon that is filling that role currently is Gyarados. So this one removes that flying weakness, which mm-hmm. or like that, that flying type, I guess, which is nice. So only having electric and grass as its you know super effective attacks is is, is nice because you can really help to mitigate that. You can do you can use things like Dragon Tail to shut down Trick Room. Haze is really nice. Helping Hand is still getting icy wind. So it's able to really help your team in, you know, shutting down other sweepers or stopping trick room if you need it to, or even just like do a really big attack with something like helping hand. So maybe you're losing that intimidate, but you are getting pretty good utility out of Milotic anyways. Totally. And speaking of intimidate, our next mon also has anti-intimidate stuff to it. Mm-hmm. So good old Mamoswine is our like only ice ground mon and oblivious of all things prevents both taunts and intimidate. Yeah. And so the big reason you have a Mamoswine is because it's kind of like Bixcalibur in that it's a good physical attacker. It's kind of bulkyish. It's kind of mid speedish, but it has icicle spear to just chip, chip away at tornadoes, chip away at landers, chip away at Amoongus, chip away at everything that's ice weak. Right. And how often did we see Baxcalibur go Terra Ground just so that it could utilize Stab Earthquake? Yep. You're yep. getting that in Mamoswine without needing to terrestrialize. Yeah. Yeah. Baxcalibur had an issue of needing to use Glaive Rush because it was a good move. But then you're like, uh, I can't get I can't get through steel types. Yep. So this one gives you that perfect coverage in ice ground that you're looking for. It's great with focus sash or assault vest, life orb sets. And gets a lot of really good coverage, such as, you know, rock slide, superpower, even like body press. If you want to run like, you know, like a very defensive set or something along those lines. I mean, it even gets freeze dry. So like, I don't know if you're looking for something that as a way to hit those opposing Gyaradoses, maybe that could be for you. 130 attack is just phenomenal on this Pokemon with 110 HP. It is it could be very bulky if you want it to be, as well as just sit on the field and do a ton of damage. Mm-hmm. And last but certainly not least in our good stuffs category is Como, something that was is very interesting because they released it in Gen 7 and they also said, oh, and by the way, this dragon fighting type is going to be the pseudo legendary in the generation that the legendary pokemon are all part fairy so it never really got to see any real usage even though they gave it its own z move to give it an omni boost and they gave it some pretty cool abilities in bulletproof soundproof and overcoat so with that z move they changed it into clangorous soul 
which reduces your HP by 33%, but gives you that Omni boost to all of your stats. So mm-hmm. it gives it its, its own uh, signature move in Clanging Scales, which is 110 base power special attack that does lower the defense by one, but then it also gets things like Autotomize and Dragon Dance if you want to go physical with you know Drain Punch or it even gets Coaching. It gets a lot of, a lot of moves, and then it just gets standard Dragon Coverage like... Ice Punch or Flamethrower or, you know, Thunder Punch if you want it to. So it could be, I don't think it's necessarily going to be utilized, but being immune to Shadow Ball is really cool. And also being potentially immune to Spore is really cool. Yeah. So I think that's what sets sets it apart from uh, Gudra Hisui right now is like a body press dude because it, it gets body pressing. An iron defense and it's stab body press because it's fighting. Yep. Right. So it always avoids Amoongus with overcoat. So you can do this, you know, body press, iron defense stuff all day long and have a third move to like tech uh, for it. Um, and it's just got generally good bulk. Like it's got 80 something HP and above 100 in both of its defenses. Um, and it has a free Terra. So, right. It can get out of that bad tear of that bad typing against Fluttermane, you know, do like an iron head into it. And it's totally, totally bunk. Mm-hmm. It's just got mid enough stats to where it's hard to do the whole clangorous soul thing. Now you're at 66% HP and you're not, you're, you're only a plus one for everything. So it's not actually doing a whole lot more than it used to. Uh, Cause was with a Z move, it would do its Omni boost. It was a spread Z move, which was unique. Right. And so to get all that stuff off immediately, now it has to like wait a couple turns. So yeah, you're kind of right. It has a great typing into balance because it resists fire, water, grass, electric, and rock and bug for U-turn stuff and dark for like Urshifu dark. But you're also kind of like, what are you going to do besides just taking attacks, right? Are you going to do any damage? And so I think that's the whole thing that might hold it back. Right. Yeah. So we'll see. I wouldn't be surprised to see it on some team that is very anti uh, Fluttermane, but it could, I mean, it is, it's a very cool Pokemon. So I, I'd like to see it do well. All right. Ways that you can set up a Pokemon like this is by having supports. So we do have some new support Pokemon that are coming back that could be very beneficial to you and very annoying to your opponent. So we'll group these two together the Whimsicott Light in Volbeat and Illumise. So both of them getting Prankster. They also get things like Thunder Wave and Fake Tears and Encore. They both likely are to get Tailwind and have some additional priority Tailwind be used for them. Volbeat also gets Tail Glow and Baton Pass. So there could be something there if you want to get that plus three and then pass it off to something else. That's typically more of a single stat or strat, but maybe there could be a benefit of it here. Their stats are okay. 65 HP, 75 defense, 85 special defense for Volbeat, and 65, 75, 85 for Illumis. So, I mean, Bug is a really bad typing just in general, but Maybe things like Struggle Bug, Tailwind, Encore, something could be there potentially until we get Whimsicott in, uh, yeah. in, uh, in a few months. For, for those who are trying to differentiate which Pokemon they want to use, I will say that Illumise gets both Charm and Fake Tears as far as we know, whereas Volbeat does not. So that might be a, a helpful differentiation between the two of them. But I think yeah. 
I think they would get some use simply because they have prankster tailwind and encore. Right. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. So they could be, they could be very good. I mean, it's, or at least, you know, I, I could definitely see, you know, you pull up a, a team sheet for your opponent. You're like, Oh God, I got to fight one of these things now. Yep. And just being like, well, all right, I got to figure out how I'm going to get around this. Yep. And something that could be really helpful into that is actually the next one, Mandibuzz. Now, Mandibuzz is an interesting Pokemon because although it doesn't necessarily get talked about too much, Overcoat is a phenomenal ability, as we always talk about. 105 defense with 110 HP and 95 special defense. I don't know why I'm right in that order, but that those are very good you know, stat distributions. It gets Tailwind, Snarl, Roost. Dark Flying is a pretty good typing. I mean, it gets that's very good defensively. Um, except for the fact that, you know, has the fairy weakness, but, uh, there's usually a point in time in the meta where Mandibuzz is a very viable Pokemon. Yeah. I think with, with the stab foul play thing, it has just enough bulk. It's kind of like Umbreon where it has just enough bulk to like survive most attacks, mm-hmm. but it also has tailwind and it has snarl. So it has both speed control and damage reduction, which are things that, which sets it apart from Umbreon, which has the damage reduction, but has no real speed control other than like thunder wave or something. And it also has Roost to increase its survivability. So it has like enough of these good traits to be, you know, something like a Grimstarl slot or a Moongus slot to where people are going to be like, oh, great. Now I have to, <laughs> now I have to deal with this. Right. And that can become a, a very good ta- uh, Terra Pokemon mm-hmm. just to make sure that you're eliminating all of those weaknesses or at least as many as you want to be. And then also things like Taunt or U-Turn, Toxic, Whirlwind are also very beneficial to continue to support your team and be very disruptive to your opponent. Totally. Next we have here is Mianxiao. So Mianxiao, a a very fast fake-out mon at 105, but the big selling point here is Monofighting, but also Inner Focus and Regenerator and Reckless. So you can run it a bunch of different ways. Inner Focus most likely going to be the main option giving it that immunity to flinch and intimidate. So being able to fake out your opponent and avoid that flinch is pretty great on a fast Pokemon like this. Totally. And it used to be like the anti-incineroar thing, right? Because you were immune to the intimidate, you had a faster fake out, and you had a close combat to just nuke incineroar. Mm -hmm. And so this is slightly faster than Chi Yu, and so it can just murder that little little fish and get it out of its misery in case like a tornadus is too slow you can like do some stuff with it yeah it is like enough enough of those weird support moves like wide guard or quick guard or u-turn right uh, stuff like that to where it can provide like a like a more offensive team a lot of support it's kind of like a, a talon flame that has fake out is how I would, I would probably put it yeah even like faint could be very big on uh on this pokemon just to stop those knockout uh, those uh those protects from your opponent's team. Okay, and last but again, certainly not least, something that I am very excited for that is coming back, Cantonian Wheezing, specifically because of neutralizing gas. So this one has not been shown yet, but it is certain, but it's a I'm very excited for it because neutralizing gas, just shutting down abilities, especially in a generation where abilities are very important and they're getting very um unique and very uh, strategic with some of the abilities that they are crafting neutralizing gas could really be there to 
to help your Pokemon. Plus that mono poison type is phenomenal. I mean, how many times do we see a, a Terra type choice be poison? It's like mm-hmm. starting off right there. So that mun- that that weakness or that resistance rather to fighting and fairy, two of the most common offensive typings that we have right now is great. And of course, you just got to figure out a way around that ground type, but otherwise you should be good. Now, I am not convinced that neutralizing gas is going to shut off everything that I want it to. Correct, because there are actually a lot of abilities that are not currently shut off by gastro acid. So the litmus test for an ability that would be shut off by neutralizing gas is, is it affected by gastro acid, yes or no? And so some abilities that are not affected by gastro acid are Disguise on Mimikyu, Commander on Tatsugiri, Zero to Hero on Palafin, and Protosynthesis and Quark Drive on all the all the Paradox mods. So like a lot of these abilities that you're like, oh, I really wish that would be really cool if they could turn them off. You can't. So Dondozo is still going to be an issue. Fluttermane under Sun is still going to be an issue, all that kind of stuff. But that doesn't mean it's necessarily bad ability because you can do some cute stuff with Intimidate. You can do some cute stuff with Terrain Setting, with Prankster. It's like a Tornadus without without Prankster Tailwind becomes a a much worse Pokemon. Right. I'm pretty sure this might be speculation on my part, but I'm pretty sure that um, Golden Go should have its ability shut off <laughs> of all things. Okay. So you can't really do, you can't really get rid of it with um, Gastaras because it's a status move, right? But it's, I think sh- it's, it's a steel type. Mm-hmm. Well, Gastaras is just a status move. So it it's, Oh, right. Cause it's yeah. gold. Yeah. Yeah, because good as gold, the steel type doesn't really matter that much. Uh, so we can't really test the whole gastro acid thing of a popper. But you can skill swap an array with Mold Breaker. So it potentially is an ability that will be affected by neutralizing gas, which means you can finally spore your Golden Go <laughs> <laughs> without wish. using a bad Pokemon like Toad Scroll. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and like wheezing is very cool. I mean, also being able to shut off a lot of abilities that are detrimental to your Pokemon. I mm-hmm. think is is very cool. So we do have some ideas on that. And um, we another note, if we have Kanto Weezing, we're probably going to have Galar Weezing, right? Right. And Galar Weezing really didn't get a whole lot of usage back in Sword and Shield because Max Steel Spike was a really good move <laughs> back in the day. And, it's, and we still have a lot of good st- uh, Steel types right now, including Heatran and Golden Go. So you're going to have to really decide if that extra coverage with Dazzling Gleam or Strange Steam on Weezing is really worth getting obliterated by make it rain i think that it's a cool design i mean doug dimidome is fun but yeah i think that i think just the the mono poison type is going to be is going to be much better for uh for wheezing totally as opposed to adding the fairy and misty surge it's just not a good misty surge pokemon let's be real we need tapu finney yeah finney finney's the goat in that regard Cool. Okay. So for the next group, we are not going to spend as much time individually. We're sort of just going to talk about them as a whole because they are the trick room and slow bulky Pokemon. So I'm going to read off the list first and we'll just sort of go through which ones we want to talk about, like what they could potentially bring, um, but not again, not too much individually. So returning for trick room, Snorlax, Crawdont, Dusclops, Conkelder, Chandelure, Trevenant, and Vikavolt. So I think the big, big three categories we have are slow bulky physical attacker, slow bulky uh, special attacker, and 
trick room setter. So mm-hmm. all three of the uh, all three of the things that we listed here that are uh, trick room setters are ghost types. So Desclops, Chandelure, Trevenant. I really think the thing that's going to you know actually do something is probably Chandelure. Yeah. Because the issue with trick room right now is that you set trick room. And then the trick room setter does nothing because indeed he doesn't have expanding force anymore. And Dusclops was really good to soak up damage from Dynamax stuff and waste those Dynamax turns. We don't have that anymore. So we really, really, really like Pokemon that can do damage once they set trick room. So I think Chandelure is probably going to do something different that Cresselia or something else that we already have couldn't already do. Though I think Trevenant's a really cool Pokemon. Yeah, Trevenant's interesting. It's like just such a just it's very cool looking. It has 56 speed, which is in a tier in and of itself, which is kind of neat. But it's just for Trick Room specifically, it's not 55. It's not 50. So it, it's not gonna be able to be near with like you know Iron Hands or um Ursa Luna or things of that nature that you might ne- you might more so want over Trevenant. But Ghost Grass physical going first, I think there certainly could be something there if you're able to, to set it up. Snorlax is interesting with Belly Drum. It could potentially be a very good Belly Drum user or the fact that it does have that ghost immunity. I could even just see foregoing the Belly Drum and maybe just running like an Assault Vest set or mm-hmm. um, Curse, which you know has, has been good historically as well because it already has that sky high special defense plus HP. So something could be could be fun there plus it gets heavy slam and never really used heavy slam in generation eight because of dynamax but with all the fairy types that are running around and by all i mean flutter main it's able to really hit that for significant significant damage Mm -hmm. i think uh between crawdont uh storlax and kinkelder the the comparison that you're making is why would i use these over ursaluna Right. Right. And Snorlax kind of has Ursuluna's bulk, but on the special side. So a curse lax actually becomes a lot more bulkier than Ursuluna over time, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have the power of Ursuluna immediately because of no guts. Well, Conkelder has guts, but it doesn't necessarily have all that much bulk. Right. <laughs> and then Crawdont, it's just adaptability hits really hard. It's really slow, but it's also it's really, really, really hard, especially under rain. So if you wanted to do like a rain room team, Crawdont might be your choice over something like Basque Legion or something. Right. Yeah. And I think that's probably going to be where people go. Personally, I'm just very excited to go fire Terra with Chandelure and see what it looks like to have like the candles on top of the candle. Totally. Or like electric Terra with your, uh, with your Vika Volt. Yeah. Cause the, the electric Terra would then just remove the, the bug weakness or the bug typing, which would be nice boosting Correct. discharge or thunderbolt, but keeping the levitate. So you just yep. get no weaknesses and 145 yep. special attack is higher than Fluttermane. So yeah, it, it would clean up in trick room as, as long as you can get trick room up. Okay. So that those are the new returning Pokemon that we have. So what we're going to do for this episode, first episode back is you can then now ruminate on some of these new Pokemon that are going to be returning. And for next episode, we are going to review the tournament that we have this coming week, or I guess, yeah, this coming week, right, is uh, Pittsburgh. So we're going to cover Pittsburgh, and then we're going to talk about some of the the types that or the uh, the teams that you're going to be able to build with some of these Pokemon. So get a feel for what these could be, some new combos, 
And uh, we're going to go and we're going to, you know, put those together so we can all sort of like test them out before for DLC to drop. But I wanted to at least get this information out there to you all. That way you can start to think about it moving forward. So we'll wrap it up there. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much, John, for coming on. I do appreciate that. It was always a pleasure. And we will see you guys next week. It is great to be back. Hope you all had a phenomenal two weeks and enjoy DLC one. Beyond that, class dismissed. Dismissed.